Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Use Your Head podcast. It's kind of weird that I call it an episode or a podcast at all, considering I only put out content about every six months, but uh, anyway, I'm trying to do a better job, and uh, the hardest thing seems to be not having the information available. I've got today's episode, it's been kind of rolling around my head for months and months, but uh, you know, the hard thing seems to be actually strapping on headphones, talking into a microphone, and not completing hate, you know, completely hating how I sound and nitpicking, you know, the entire thing and, and stopping it and deleting it and starting over, which I've done twice already today. So this one I'm just going to take straight through, no matter how terrible it sounds, just work with me and let's focus on the data. So if you listen to the first two episodes of my podcast it was basically centered around the ketogenic diet uh, one was how to do it uh, the other one was why you don't have to be afraid of the fats and the whole uh, legacy of misinformation that led us down the path of eating terribly refined and high carbohydrate foods and everything else so if you're here and you didn't catch those two um, i suggest going back and, and take a listen but at the same time this episode is taking a whole new direction because whenever I sit down and have conversations, even though this quote-unquote diet has been around for the last couple of years, I still think people, you know, it's, it's a lot of information to try to wrap your head around. And instead of getting into formal ideas, I figured we'd back completely away and instead go over uh, human metabolism so that everybody might get a better understanding of how the different macronutrients that we eat actually affect our body and if you understand how they can affect your body it doesn't matter what quote-unquote diet you follow you can probably come up with some sort of plan if you're not happy with your current weight or body shape or general health etc so with that said let's get right into it um, today as I said we're talking about human metabolism and essentially what we're going to be focusing on is that on any given day, every human being on the planet, their body has a job to do from the time you wake up um, to the time you go to sleep and even overnight. So 24 hours a day, your body is regulating what's called your blood glucose level in your body. Um, blood sugar is not allowed to get too high or else it's catastrophic for the body. Um, blood glucose or blood sugar also can't get too low or it's equally catastrophic for the body in different ways. So your body uses an organ called the pancreas to basically regulate your blood glucose uh, level all throughout the day and night. Now, uh, what your glucose level is actually comprised of will vary depending on what you eat. This is, uh, there are no exceptions. So when you eat, things are going to happen to your blood glucose level depending on what you eat. So for example, you eat a meal, your blood glucose uh, level rises depending on what you eat. Uh, your pancreas will release a hormone called insulin to take care of anything that might have raised your, your blood glucose level. So insulin has a, sp a specific directive for the body. It's going to um, trigger your cells to either immediately consume some of that glucose, uh, blood glucose for energy and whatever isn't used for immediate energy is going to go into fat storage. Now, on the opposite end of things, say you haven't eaten all day, um, typically, typically your blood sugar level would drop, 
So your pancreas has a second hormone that it can use, and that's called glucagon, and that has the opposite effect. If your blood glucose level starts to drop, the pancreas insul uh, releases glucagon, and that actually utilizes your body's fat stores in uh, order to keep your blood glucose level at that baseline. Now, what the uh, baseline blood glucose level is typically at for a healthy person is probably somewhere between 70 to 85 milligrams per deciliter. You can, uh, and I advise this in, I think, the first two podcasts also. Every adult human being should have a blood glucose test kit. It's a simple uh, blood prick, and you put a tab into a little tiny computer. It's maybe $40, $45 on Amazon. I've linked to it before, and if anybody wants it, I can link it in this podcast also on YouTube. But um, it's a simple meter. It takes approximately 20 seconds, and you can actually figure out where your, your blood glucose level is at. Now, with understanding those two hormones, why are you even worried about it? Well, obviously, if you're constantly running a high blood glucose level and insulin is constantly in your body, um, that means it's constantly taking all of the energy, you know, and the energy is the foods that you're consuming, and it's constantly putting it directly into immediate energy needs or fat storage. So for most of us, we're not running around and working out 24 hours a day. So if you have an elevated glucose level, blood glucose level all the time, we're constantly putting um, the calories that we eat into fat storage. So let's first take a look at that and we'll see you know, who all can recognize and who also might fit into this pattern. I know I did for years and years and years. So the typical American will wake up in the morning. The first thing that we've been taught for our entire lives is at least three square meals a day. So we've got to start our morning off with breakfast. So you wake up, you barely get started moving around, you've barely burned a single uh, calorie for the day, and we go ahead and we consume a breakfast. Now, obviously, depending on what you eat is going to affect your blood glucose level, and we're going to get into that um, section next. But we all get up and, and, and we eat. So then typically, we all get ready, or we've already gotten ready, and we head off to our jobs for the day. We're not heading straight to the gym. So most likely, everything that we ate, if it raised our blood glucose level, has gone into fat storage while we make ourselves, you know, make our way into work. Um, typically, when I uh, follow along with my own blue, uh, blood glucose level, depending on what I eat, um, takes a few hours until I'm back to baseline. So imagine you get yourself into work and you're finally sitting down at your desk or you're doing whatever you might be doing and you're finally back down to baseline. Now, you know what? By then, it's probably, you know, for most people working a day shift, we're looking at mid-morning and we're hungry for a snack. So the next thing we do is go ahead and eat something small. You know, we've also heard the adage of uh, for years and years, several small meals or just break everything down into really small tiny consumptions so we get hungry we eat again we have a snack blood glucose level may very well rise then we're right away we're at lunchtime then we're in our afternoon snack and then we get home it's time for you know the five six o'clock dinner unless you know you're a family today running around for nine million sports activities but uh and then in the evening what does everybody want a snack for bed most likely 
everybody that might be listening is probably going, oh, crap, yeah, that's kind of how I eat. That's how we're all been programmed to eat. And what essentially happens is we constantly have insulin in our body. And even if we're going to the gym, we're having to burn through all of that blood sugar just to try to get back down to our original baseline to where we can even start to bring glucagon into the equation to burn our fat storage. And that's probably the first half of the biggest problem with the standard American diet that we've all been on, at least my generation, and I'm in my 40s, that we've been on since we were little kids. So with our pattern uh, of eating understood, let's move on to the actual calories that we're eating. Now, it's very important right now that everybody understand that anybody out there that says it doesn't matter what you eat, a calorie is a calorie, is grossly misinformed. It's not debatable. We, it, there's nothing to discuss at all because you have three different macronutrients that are available for human consumption. You have carbohydrates, protein, and then fat. Those three macronutrients and how you combine them together have completely different reactions by your body and your blood glucose level. So a calorie of carbohydrates is not even remotely close to a calorie of fat. Um, they might be in regards to caloric density, although a fat calorie is, is denser, but at the same time, how your body reacts is not even remotely the same. So let's get into what in the world I'm talking about. So we'll take the first macronutrient, the carbohydrate, the most beloved macronutrient in all of the standard American diet. So you've seen it everywhere, you know, even in our, our silly food pyramid, carbohydrates are at the top. Now, I won't get too long into the fact that the food pyramid was developed by farmers, not by health professionals. Let's make all that irrelevant and let's just talk about the nuts and bolts of the macronutrient itself. All carbohydrates that you eat will get turned into glucose. It doesn't matter if it's sugar, fruit, grains, none of it matters. It all ultimately gets down to glucose. Now, what type of food it is may make it a little bit faster or slower with how fast it's turned to glucose. For example, if you eat raw table sugar, that might hit your blood sugar level faster than if you hit you know, if you eat bread, which has some fiber in it, it takes a little bit longer. But lo and behold, every single carbohydrate that you eat gets turned into glucose. So people are often shocked when, once again, if we go back to, to, to how we, we eat, if we go back to breakfast, people are like, well, I had a glass of orange juice and, and that should have been healthy. Your body has no idea ultimately if you had orange juice or a soda. In fact, you can go directly to your local uh, grocery store or Sheets or Wawa and go ahead and grab one of the little um, single portion orange juices and check out the carbohydrates and then go to the sodas, pull a soda out and check it out. They're almost identical. So what happens? You go ahead and you eat any single carbohydrate and immediately um, your blood sugar rises from the glucose in the foods that as it's broken down 
and your body has to send out um, insulin. So the entire time that your body is digesting that meal of carbohydrates that you had, insulin is controlling your cells for fat storage, and you will not burn a single ounce of fat until that uh, blood glucose level returns back to baseline. So it should be clicking in your head when we just talked about how we eat all day long. Insulin is constantly in our bodies. This is the exact reason why diabetes and other metabolism disorders have occurred in the Western diet more than any other place in the world. And it's because of our addiction to carbohydrates. Now we'll move back on, uh, move on to the next macronutrient is protein. Protein alone is, is, is not necessarily neutral, but protein's a really interesting macronutrient in that it kind of will go two different ways. If you go ahead and eat protein coupled with carbohydrates, your blood sugar level is likely to elevate nine to 10 times more than if you combine a protein with a fat. By itself, protein um, consumed can be converted into glucose. So it's another one of those that is going to have some sort of effect in raising your blood glucose level. So then we're left with the last macronutrient, which is fat. If you would consume 100% fat, your blood glucose level will barely move. Um, it has almost no impact on uh, blood glucose levels whatsoever because there's hardly any glucose in it. Um, fat doesn't get broken down into sugar. It's fat. So moving pretty quickly through those first two topics. I mean, we've got the first half and the second half. Um, first half is we eat all day long. Second half is we constantly have some sort of carbohydrate um, in our diet. And therefore, we're constantly exposed to insulin and therefore we're constantly shoving things into fat storage unless you're able to keep your uh, your calories that low that you're able to match them up and clearly as an american population we're not able to do that i wasn't able to do it most people aren't able to do it unless they have fantastic metabolisms or they're incredibly disciplined to where they're willing to withstand hunger and not quite eat as much as everybody else during the day but right now hopefully is starting to make a little bit of sense of why the ketogenic diet has become popular. It's not taboo, it's not special, it's not witchcraft. Uh, the ketogenic diet focus on eat, focuses on eating more fats in your diet coupled with protein as opposed to carbohydrates coupled with protein. So therefore, your body spends a longer amount of time in uh, a lower blood glucose blood glucose level stage and therefore your body is activating glucagon far more than it is uh, activating insulin. Uh, so basically while you're going about your day you're able to burn fat where after you've eaten carbohydrates your body is simply shoving everything into fat storage to get your blood sugar level back down. This is the way that the human uh, body evolved to handle foods. If you go back through our evolutionary history, we weren't a grain-fed society until we kind of parked ourselves and started to develop through the Industrial Revolution. We were essentially hunter-gatherers that would eat um, mostly fats and proteins 
we would eat, you know, sugars and fruits when we found them, but they were also only seasonally uh, back in our in our history. It wasn't possible if you were an area that had grapes. You, you likely grapes weren't growing year round. There were different seasons, but now that we have supermarkets, we're suddenly loaded with the availability to have um, high sugar carbohydrates all year long, and um, and that leads to to where we are. So. The ketogenic diet isn't even necessarily a, a diet per se. It's just an original pattern of eating that mimics a little bit closer to our evolutionary history. Now, say for example, you're still not convinced and you're like, I don't wanna eat keto, um, You know, fats are bad, and I don't wanna have anything to do with it just because I hate fad diets, quote unquote. Um, that's fine. Um, if we're understanding metabolism now, the other thing that everybody could be doing is simply not eating all day long, is going through periods of hunger. It's completely normal. Um, if everybody, if anybody has kind of been searching and, and reading things on diets, etc., the term intermittent fasting or fasting in general has also become popular. And once again, this also is not voodoo or witchcraft or anything else. It's simply another way of keeping your insulin levels low because your blood glucose level is low and that way your body is afforded the opportunity to uh, use the glucon glucagon to burn the uh, the fat stores within your body um, time restricted eating um, typically i i do that in conjunction with the ketogenic diet so for a typical day for me while everybody else is getting up in the morning and shoving a breakfast in right away um, i get up and i don't eat until later in the afternoon and to be honest, the first couple of days of this sucks. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. But to be honest, it's just because your body has been adapted to the general need for carbohydrates all the time. And we know that following a high insulin level, once that insulin level returns back to, to baseline, it triggers tremendous hunger within your body to feed it again in order to get back into that cycle. And this is why you know, you've heard of the afternoon crash after big meals and everything like that. And this is why you're starving in the morning. So once you've taken a couple of days and you've adapted your body to not eating anymore um, in the morning, it isn't that bad at all. It isn't required for focus. It isn't required for energy. In fact, it's not all that uncommon now that I might end up hitting the gym late in the afternoon at like 4, 30, 5 o'clock and I still haven't eaten and it doesn't give me any kind of performance decrease because my body's simply running off a different system. I'm using the glucagon that we're programmed to use in order to burn fat storage. So you can manipulate in your own way. And I tell people, well, and, and I hear like, for example, you know, I love bread. I'm not willing to give it up. And that's perfectly fine because being alive is also means, you know, enjoying your life. So I recommend to anybody simply skip that breakfast, move it into the afternoon, and condense your eating window to perhaps, you know, only six hours or so. So you have your first meal at two, you can finish your, your last amount of food at eight, and then you simply work your way overnight. And it does require a fair amount of discipline, but if you want to change your body, there's not going to be any kind of magic bullet anyway. Um, the other things you can do uh, would be to... Uh, go ahead and do fasts for up to several days and that's where you only drink water so you could technically um, eat for several uh, days and then go ahead and take a period of time off and um, allow your body to process all that 
glucose and then have several, uh, have several days in a row of high glucagon levels and you can burn through some fat that way. And you can combine kind of all of these things all mixed together, except I would recommend to everybody that obviously um, if you're going to be eating a lot of protein and carbohydrates together, you're going to have a lot more work to do um, because your insulin levels go so much higher when those two are combined specific. So that was this episode in a nutshell. Um, we didn't go go too long, so hopefully this is uh, easy to listen to. Hopefully it all makes sense. I tend to get wordy and, and ramble, but uh, the general conclusion is get a blood, sugar, a blood glucose test kit and just follow along and see. If, uh, if you're testing all day long and your blood sugar level's over 100, well, guess what? It's, it's not you know, really a shock um, if you're going to be putting on some sort of weight and not feeling real good. So you know, let that, you know, in our house, the, the blood glucose monitor kind of became a, a challenge and it became fun looking at what foods we ate, did what to blood sugar, how we could get our blood sugar back to baseline, um, watching it sit at baseline all throughout the day. And um, in some ways, if you're, you know, you're really interested in a, a lifestyle or, or health or body change, you know, that in itself can get addictive. So good luck. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to go ahead and post them on the end of this video. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, there should be a link below, uh, which has my Facebook. You can contact me with questions anytime. I'm Ryan Achenbach on Facebook, A-C-H-E-N-B-A-C-H. On Twitter, it's at uh, R Achenbach. Once again, R-A-C-H-E-N-B-A-C-H. Um, good luck, and we'll see you on the next episode.